after further reveal. What up, what up, what up? What up, everyone out there? Back at it after further review. Ben Ryan Chase Yardino. I'm back in the chamber hanging out with Ben at the bar tonight for this week's show. Chase is back in Harleysville. Great week at the beach. How y'all doing today? Doing good. How about you guys? Doing good. Doing good. Glad to, glad to have you back. It was weird on the other uh, the other side of the you know the computer. I know now we gotta get you two together so I can be on my own somewhere. Yeah. Although I'll still <laughs> <laughs> actually ben you stay you go visit chase and i'll just come over to your house and <laughs> okay okay yeah. we'll, we'll do that yeah. but uh so it sounds like you guys had a good time at the beach and i wanted to ask you guys uh you guys met a, a famous someone can you guys touch on that more and tell the listeners yeah so we were at the beach um seattle city new jersey and uh legend has it that uh eagles offensive lineman lives down there and we heard about it all week uh, my dad specifically would bring it up a lot that Jason Kelsey lives in Seattle. And, I'm, you know, all week we were like, okay, it's cool. Saw his house and everything. He lives like right in the middle of town. So Friday night, the last night we're there. Uh, we're walking on the boardwalk, just taking our time and going to go up to an ice cream shop that my girlfriend's family used to own. So to do that, we had to get back up on the promenade, walk back up. It was kind of like a process to do the whole thing. Anyways, we do it. And as we're eating the ice cream and walking back towards our car, which is towards Jason Kelsey's house, uh, my girlfriend somehow spots Jason Kelsey walking the other direction. Completely blending other, in with the crowd. Completely blending in. And first off, it wasn't even a huge crowd. It was really just him and his wife, you know, making their way down the promenade. And all of us were in a conversation talking about something. Unknowing to us was walking past us and basically got all the way through. So as she brings it up, that hey, that might be Jason Kelsey. We all turn around and look. And we just see, you know, a pretty tall guy, to say the least. You know, pretty hulking guy. Shaved head, beard dip into the arcade with his wife we're like ah, all right well, I mean, we have ice cream but let's just walk down it's really in the same block you know maybe you know 20 feet from that point so we walk down and look in instantly we recognize him as jason kelsey or like okay now what do we do what are, what are our options we have ice cream there's an arcade and there's a famous football player inside uh, so we all decided to pound ice cream and just go in and on the off chance he makes it like a quick encounter in the arcade plus it was close to closing time to remind you this was friday night close to 10 o'clock at night you know not really sure how long the arcade's supposed to be open at that point anyways about a half hour goes by then he finally comes out and this entire time that we've been waiting for him we've been coming up with a game plan of how we're going to do it to make it not seem ultra sketchy you know where he's out with his wife having a good time and we didn't want to jump in and make it seem awkward because you know sometimes with celebrities it's like it almost seems like there's not a good time, but there's always a good time to do it in a way. You know what I mean? So anyways, it finally comes out, and we've decided what the game plan was to just walk up and talk to him. I panic and really default him back out to start walking. And then our younger sister, Kendra, just sends it in. So it's calling him down. And Ryan's in there, too. And they're going up and uh, get his attention, and he stops immediately. And was a very nice guy from the beginning. You know, the second we asked him if he was Jason Kelsey, he started joking with us and giving us wings. So, you know, we kind of knew from that point in we were, we were pretty much solid. But overall, just a great guy. We talked to him. It was maybe like a minute and a half encounter. It was pretty short. But, um, you know, just got to talk with him a little bit and we grabbed a picture with him. But super nice guy. Um, you know, just lived up to the name of what the brand he's built in the Philadelphia Eagle. And, you know, Ryan, I don't know if you have any more to add, but it was just a really cool experience to run into someone who's an active football player that was just really cool to meet. Yeah, yeah, no, it was a wild story. And we basically were just trying to be as polite as possible without being creepy in a way. And so, like, you know, just going up to him, you don't want to just scream and bring in a crowd. I mean, people notice him and go up to him, but we were trying to be as polite as possible. And during the interaction, you know, um, his wife was like just kind of ahead. She probably knew that like a crowd might come or whatever. So she was waiting off to the side. We didn't want to take a while, but one of the greatest handshakes of all time. And when I tell you this man smelled good, like, I'm sorry. I was just a wild experience. And I had my hand around his back for the picture and it's just like straight muscle. They were just like, oh, yeah, 
just popping everywhere and just like I don't know you see like an offensive lineman you're just like oh yeah that's a giant fat guy no like you just know he's not that tall but it's just like a straight brick wall and he was just so genuine like you could just feel the vibe right away and I mean he didn't have to stop to talk to anyone he could have just said no but my grandpa read an article too that he likes when people approach him and so we're like okay well now we have to do it and it turned out to be one of like the best craziest you know nights of our lives i don't know it was wild definitely the most famous person i ever met yeah um just often like an encounter like that not paying for it or not knowing he was going to be there that's definitely you know similar things of like probably the most famous well-known person i ran into like that and you know they always talk about how he's an undersized center and i'm like six two six three he is a wee six four so in the picture he's like a, a whole head above me in height so i was like it's really weird to say he's undersized considering he's like probably six four. Like I used to think he was six two, but he's definitely not. He's definitely taller than that. And I definitely agree, Ryan. When I touched his back, it was like like steel almost. Dang, like just rock crazy. hard. Yeah. That's awesome to meet a celebrity though, just out like that. I think you guys touched on it when you were out the beach that they were doing some stuff with autism down there. So to run into him like that to an Eagles guy, future Hall of Famer, like that's all that's so cool. Yeah, and I just heard this yesterday that he was shooting a commercial in Delaware County with a bunch of kids. It was like him and Fletcher Cox, I think. Oh, that's and, uh, cool. they were just out in the community shooting a Dunkin' Donuts commercial, like in the like in this park, and all these kids were coming up and they were just having a good time with them. So, coming off the heels of my interaction and hearing that, I was like, yeah, it's confirmed. Yeah, I mean, we like we saw his house. It's it's like two or three houses right off of the beach, but it's nothing huge and flashy. Like you wouldn't know that it was his house. They had nice semi nice cars, nice pickup truck, a nice suburban, but like, I don't know. It's just, he's going to this little kid arcade that just like a bunch of 10 year olds are like running around and he just goes to the pinball machine, pulls up a stool and just goes to work for like 20 minutes. But it's just like, yeah. that's cool that he's just doing that. Like a nice date night with his wife on a Friday night at the beach, nothing crazy about it. And you could just, uh, that was awesome and i definitely need to get a jason kelsey jersey now there you go christmas list item yes yeah you know maybe when we do our football picks he'll be your guys pick for center but whoa whoa if we do football picks <laughs> are we gonna do five offensive line i don't know oh yeah we'll see what happens but for now we still got our baseball <laughs> picks and now we are at the final day of our picks next week we can touch on what our afr all-time uh, team was and then individually and kind of discuss all that but today it's the last two we got right field and shortstop and uh yeah i think we're gonna get into it yeah it, when i was searching by the way boys i did not think i thought shortstop was gonna be loaded right field Holy Loaded. smokes, did they blow shortstop out of the water? Yeah, like you some just of the best hitters of all time. And you just wouldn't even think it though. Like you, I mean, you 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 see these hitters hitting the ball, you're like, oh, big guys, big power or speed, center fielders, maybe first baseman, you don't know. But no, all these players were just packed out in right field, camping out, ready to slug away. And that was a loaded lineup by far a lot of talent in, in there. Yeah, I mean, you have seven guys over 90 career war in right field in general and then just that doesn't even include some of the best ones so a lot to choose from and i'm excited to see i guess we'll we'll start with right field while we're at it huh yeah yeah and i just want to say one last time i hope we match <laughs> i don't think anyone's going to pick my right fielder i did not take a guy with a career war over 90 i just want i just want two of us to match <laughs> i'm pulling for shortstop at this point yeah, we've been dancing around it this entire time, and yeah. today's it. Today's our last chance, and I'm not sure my right fielder's going to match up either, so it's really down to the shortstop. I don't think my shortstop's matching. We'll All see right, what happens. <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, I'll just lead us off. We're going to dive right into right field. I went with a guy kind of, I don't know, Chase, it seems like I'm always taking pages out of your book with this, and I mean, maybe it's a chance that we match because of it, but I also went with a former – Japanese legend who didn't who also came to the MLB around age 27 and that's Ichiro Suzuki Hydra, 
baseball history to have 4,000 hits. He does it in the first inning, and the Yankees come out of the dugout to congratulate him for a great achievement. Great pick. I'm not surprised, actually. I like it. Oh, yeah, you already know. The mid-2010s Mariners are back again. Felix Hernandez, Iwakuma was a fan favorite. We talked about him and our guest, the player. But I had to bring my second guy into my all-time after for the review starting lineup from those teams. Ichiro Suzuki dominated in the Japanese league over a thousand hits. And then he comes over and he just blasts away in Seattle. Yeah, he just he just blasts away in Seattle, taking it by storm. His rookie season, he became the first major league player ever to win AL Rookie of the Year, AL MVP. And he won the American League batting title. And he did this his rookie year and also leading the Mariners to their franchise number of wins that year. Obviously, they didn't win the World Series, but just came in immediate factor. And there's there's just basically nothing this guy couldn't do except for hit home runs. He came into the league. What does he do the first 10 years? He wins 10 gold gloves. Just absolutely insane. He has some of the craziest like leads and hits to 242 that first year he had 262 hits in 2004 i don't think anyone's ever topped either of either of those in a season yeah and just there's just so many crazy stats about him so he actually is the all-time he has the all-time highest batting average as a lefty against lefties he hit 329 and he also hit better against lefties than righties whoa that's crazy and i mean everyone knows his famous how he's like halfway out of the batter's box as he's swinging just a very unique thing that you would not think is like mechanical or would ever work in the major league level let alone little leagues and he just purely dominated especially against southpaws 329 for the career he i mean super consistent at home 312 away 310 at least 295 every month. You just knew he was going to go out there and he was going to get on base. How many hits did he have in Japan? He had over, so he had. You say over a thousand? Yeah, he had over a thousand. I that's, think that's crazy to me because Dang. if you combine his MLB and Japanese hits, he would literally be basically near Pete Rose for most all time, over 4,000. Yes, that's, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, combined leagues, I think he's second most all-time behind Pete Rose. Yeah. Does I mean, he have any uh, – sorry, does he have any gold gloves? Yeah, 10, yeah, 10 said, his right? first 10 years. That's out. Has anyone ever done that before? Yeah, so the only other guy that started the first 10 years with 10 gold gloves was the Reds catcher, Johnny Bent. All right, so Hall of Famer. Yep. <laughs> no, yeah. H.E.R.O. is going to be a Hall of Fame, 100%. Yeah. He's not eligible until 2025. Yeah. Also, I saw he threw out like a 95 mile an hour first pitch. <laughs> so he's still got some juice in the arm. That is oh, one yeah, of the- and he he was actually the other craziest things. He was the first ever Japanese position player in the MLB. Did you guys know that? Before him, there was no other position player that played in the MLB. Oh, it was Hideki Nomo was a pitcher, I guess. Who else was before him? Hideki Nomo. I don't was know. Right, I think. Yeah. I don't know. To be honest, I don't know, but that's insane. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, I mean, I'm just sifting through stats right now. He had a hitting streak of at least 20 games or more seven times in his career. Uh, Do you guys are this happened once randomly? So the chances of you seeing it are like slim, but do you, there was like an ESPN thing that they did on like a, there's sports center top 10, some guy dressed up like Ichiro legit looked like him wore a baseball uniform to the game what to go catch a foul ball like it was a roller and he fell over the th- over like the t- um the turf cover and onto the field and I threw him out of the game because technically he got onto the field oh my gosh <laughs> so this guy who dressed up like Ichiro legit looked like him got thrown out of the game because he like went to go get a foul ball and he fell over the cover onto the field that's insane that's pretty funny yeah yeah Yeah. and real quick i just want to correct myself ben i was incorrect so he had almost 1300 hits in the japan league and he actually if you count both leagues he has 111 more hits than pete rose in his career oh my gosh and i mean obviously the biggest thing is he joined the 3000 club 
and he didn't join the MLB till age 27. And I think the next oldest guy came in at like age 24. <laughs> I mean, he, came in went right it's to crazy work. That he went to 27, but he still played 19 years in the majors. <laughs> so oh my God. That's so crazy. Yeah. He literally played till 46. That's wild. Wow. Yeah, just a longevity. Just a longevity. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it was, you know, but that was Marlins, I think. Was it? Was yeah, it Mar- he went Mariners, Yankees, a couple years on the Marlins where he was still efficient. He went back to the Mariners when he was like 45 and he didn't really play yeah. much, but he was still in the league. Dang. That's crazy. I think I kind of slept on each hero a little bit, just considering like my age growing up and like knowing all the stats now and everything. Yeah. Like, I feel like even when he was playing with the Marlins, I wish I would have seen a game just to say I saw each hero play. Yeah. 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 And I was all over the place with my stats, but I mean, you just sift through them and there's just weird things. You're like, wait, what? Ichiro did this? You don't yeah. think of him. And I don't even think he was that good of a defensive player. No, that's crazy. I know. And, yeah. And straight You forget one, like, what? like, so he was 10. Did he win any more after that? Or was that it? No, that was so it. So that's the thing. Like, he played nine more years and you kind of like forget about those other years, but like, he yeah. was so good yeah oh yeah one last thing (laughs) sorry he's the only player ever to have an inside the park home run in an all-star game which is just like oh that's a great highlight yeah yeah to show that one it's pretty crazy he has one of the best all-time rookie cards too there's a the tops chrome rookie card 2001 him and aberpool will share rookie card and it's just like it's like dang they could have not done that any better both like (laughs) all-timers Dang. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, and just his rookie year was his, I think his best year. Of, yeah. I mean, he was 27. And like but, those two, like those two are going to be considered generational, like greats. Like, oh, easily. And yeah. they both played for 800 years. So, <laughs> so true. That's so crazy. All right. Well, I'll, wow. I'll go next for uh, my right fielder. Um, my right fielder actually pretty similar to Ryan's doesn't, you don't think of, but had some gold gloves. Or at least I feel like you don't think of him as a gold lover, but he had some gold gloves. Um, and my right fielder is Mr. SpongeBob, who just got in the Hall of Fame, Larry Walker. This one hit deep to right. It's got a chance. Way back. Strawberry turn. He didn't even give chase. And it's under the scoreboard. A home run for Larry Walker, his first of the year. Oh, nice. Larry Walker was not drafted. He always wanted to be in the NHL. Like that was his first. That was what he wanted to be in because he grew up in Canada. He wanted he played hockey until he was 16. Basically became like the third string goalie and got cut. So then he basically decided, well, I guess I'll play baseball. So he didn't really start playing baseball until he was 17, like really learning baseball which is crazy. Like what? Wait, hold up. The fact that you're striving to be in the majors for any league is a long shot. <laughs> he chose the wrong one and it still didn't matter. Yeah. Well, and he, no, the thing was the high school, his high school didn't even have a baseball team. So he had to play with an amateur team in Vancouver, like an amateur baseball team. Cause his high school didn't even have a baseball team. And he also was actually like really good friends and played hockey. Like one of his best friends growing up was Cam Neely. Who's an NHL hall of famer. Oh yeah. Um, wow. But yeah, so the, he basically like didn't know how to play baseball. And there's even like a clip or two in the minors where he ran on a like a deep fly ball, got caught. So he had to go back and he like was at third and ran straight across the pitcher's mound to first base because he didn't realize he had to touch all the bases going like back. Anyway, he was also um, he's a Hall of Famer. He won the MVP award in 1997, which is Piazza's best year, too. But of course, he had a better year. Um, five-time all-star seven-time gold glove three-time silver slugger and a three-time batting title um so it's kind of, i don't really think of larry walker as someone who's ever good in the field but he was a seven-time gold glover and had one of the best arms in in the league at the time and he was also like he had a big career but he also battled a lot of injuries but he never wanted to miss much time like he had a torn rotator cup but only missed four games <laughs> and he still had to play in the field <laughs> he was at the rockies and didn't have a dh and he never had an ops plus under 100 which after doing all of these baseball things i think ops plus is my favorite stat the this is our difference i did not look at that once when picking any of my players (laughs) so basically ops ops takes a players on base percentage and slugging but ops plus like normalizes like 
different things like ballpark factors and like t- adjusts it. So like a 100 OPS plus, it's like a league average player. So if you have like 150, it's 50% more. So I don't know. I really like mm-hmm. it because it takes those other things into account, like ballparks and I've grown to love like o- I've grown I've grown to love OPS. I have yeah. OPS plus not there yet. So okay. It's fair. But he was a he's the first ever to go in the Hall of Fame as a Rocky, which is cool. Uh, but his he had a run where his MVP season he had 379 with 37 homers with 49 home runs and 130 RBIs. That was his like MVP year. Um, so he just, he had a really good career and he almost didn't get on the hall of fame, got in the hall of fame in his very last year and had that famous, uh, clip where he was kind of wearing the SpongeBob Jersey. It was kind of cool. Is that why they call him Mr. SpongeBob or what's the story behind that? His it's weird. Cause he's, I'm putting you on the spot. I know No, his name's Larry. Right. But then his parents also named one of his brothers, Gary <laughs> and every so all their names rhyme so his brothers are like larry gary barry and something else that's like the same oh, gary <laughs> something like that but they all are like the same like thing no but i thought he's kind of underrated and he's he was like one of the first real canadian stars besides fergie jenkins and so a lot of guys like you talk about like canadians now who play baseball and like like even Justin morneau or like joey Votto, they like always talk about larry walker because he was like kind of made baseball more popular in canada that's I love guy. it. I love it, Ben. Oh, I love it. That's a great pick. I actually thought about him the entire time when I was looking. I was like, I feel like he's going to get picked. But I looked at his page for a while. Yeah, he like was. Said, uh, I was. Yeah, I was excited to pick him. I was going back and forth, and I watched a little documentary on YouTube, and uh, I ended up picking him. So he was also like a really just like good guy, like like goofy on the field stuff, and like like he has that incident with. Randy Johnson, the all-star game where he like went to the other side of the plate, turned his helmet around. Oh, that was him? Yeah. Do you remember oh, that? Or like yeah, seeing highlights? Yeah. Of that? Oh my yeah. God, yeah. So he has like that. Like even in um there was a there was an incident where he gave up it was like two outs and he called the ball and he didn't realize he just gave the like a kid in the stands the ball and then just started running in, but it was only two outs. <laughs> but like he was always just like goofing off and like he just he enjoyed the game and was like happy to be on the field and i like guys like that well yeah not like an immature goofing off like i don't care like no uh, like he's very relaxed out there and having fun yeah Yeah, and like the the other thing like with his mvp year like everyone wants to point to course field he hit out of his 49 home runs 20 he had 340 and 29 homers were on the road so like that's one of the reasons like all these guys get kept out of um the hall of fame course field like they all want to point to that but I'm happy he got in. And first one as a Rocky. Still the only one, actually. So, Oh, let's crap a, crack a course for that. Yeah. And a SpongeBob outfit. Yeah. One of the many Expos that weren't kept on the Expos. That team could have been so good. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Pirates, A's, and Expos getting rid of all their great players. Well, the Expos, they, were, they could have won the World Series in 1994, but then the players went on strike. Could have changed and baseball. I will say I really wanted to pick Tony Gwynn here, and I didn't. Yeah. I really wanted to. I actually, I actually, he was probably top three yeah. for me. And that season, the shortened season, that will always be the what if, as far as if ne- like the last guy that potentially ever hit four hundred hit three ninety four yeah. in that shortened season, could have could have happened. But anyway, hopefully that wasn't your picture. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. That's why I was a, uh, but. Yeah, no, Tony Gwynn was definitely one where my finger was just hovering over him the whole time and was kind of pulled the trigger. And like we were saying before the lead-in, right fielding position is just so loaded. It's almost embarrassing how many people there are. So, so I didn't want to pick I didn't want to pick somebody who's in the Hall of Fame uh, just because it literally seemed like the first 20 people are in the Hall of Fame. And I was like, no, I'm going to go. I'm going to switch this up a little bit. So I ended up picking somebody who... Um, had it still had a decent MLB career, maybe, um, you know, put up legitimate numbers and also spawned one of the greatest baseball players of all time. The person I'm talking about is Bobby Bonds, the father of Barry Bonds. The Giants have a man as far as second base with two outs. Bonds has 30 last year on the mound for the Cubs. Left field, back goes Williams, looking up, it's good. Oh, I like that. 
Yeah, this, this pig is a, you know, it's a little out there, but the reason I picked him is because he and Barry are the only two people in baseball ever to do this, according to the last time I ever checked, that are the only two people that hit more than 300 home runs and stole more than 400 bases in, in their careers. Wow. I just thought that was like an insane stack considering, you know, we talked about Barry Bonds' transformation, you know, as like a power hitter later in his career, but how he was a speed threat early on and i didn't realize like his dad was also the same way um the thing that really kind of derailed his career though was he was just a raging alcoholic and he started drinking way before he got into high school and there were times when um dusty baker's dad would catch on drinking before high school track events and before high school baseball games and later in his career injuries piled up and he just um gave in alcoholism which was unfortunate because he was such an amazing player and had really good seasons. And if he didn't have that weighing him down, we really wonder where he could have been considering he ended up with, um, you know, 300 home runs and four and stolen bases. And the fact he also was a 30, 30 um, club member five times. And he was almost a 40, 40 club member when he stole 43 bases and he hit 39 home runs. So he almost had that too. You don't think of him just because IBS Barry kind of overshadowed him, but like, dang, that's a great career. Yeah, and his family too. He had brothers and sisters, and all of them made it somewhat professionally in different leagues. Like his sister was an Olympic track runner. His brother got drafted in the NFL early on. Um, so like Barry and Bobby's whole family is like legitimately insane. It might be like a powerhouse family that I never really considered before. Like I knew. Bobby Bonds played in the MLB and he was really close with Willie Mays. Like, so it's like, but doing more research on it, I was like, dang, I really didn't understand like the impact he actually had. But overall in his career, he was an all-star MVP, a three-time all-star and a three-time gold lover. Um, he was a 59.7 war, an OPS of 824 and an OPS plus of 129. So pretty decent, you know, above average, I would say in his career. He finished with 461 stolen bases and 332 home runs. And he was a lifetime 268 batter. So he definitely had dips in his career that they would talk about. Like he would start off super cold and then pick it up after an all-star break or something like that. And then just be lights out the rest of the year. But he played a 14-year career. Not too bad overall. And he finished top five MVP opponent twice. He was fourth and third, so he never cracked that. But, you know, I would say solid overall career. Uh, just problems derailed derailed it most of all, I would say. I definitely didn't see that pick. I know he's good friends with Willie Mays, so Willie Mays is Barry Bonds' godfather. The one season when they traded Willie Mays away, to he had a down season. He basically said because they traded away Willie, he, like, felt like he didn't have any purpose in baseball anymore that season. Oh, my gosh. Is that when they traded yeah. the Mets? Yeah, and then next year he came out and he was fine again. But he was—he talked about that specifically how that year he felt like like he was just depressed and he didn't have any like reason to go to the ballpark anymore because Willie wasn't there. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so that kind of just the impact that Willie had on people. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, that's my pick. I knew nobody was going to pick him, so that was a pretty tough one. And uh, he's not a Hall of Famer, but he's still up there um, stats wise with the yeah. all-time right fielders. I'm just wondering how good of a season he could have had if he would have done steroids like his son. Just kidding. Yeah, that would have mixed well with his beer and alcohol. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. I hope it doesn't run in the family. Like, I hope Barry Bonds doesn't have a son that, like, goes in the MLB and has an issue. I don't know. Sorry. I, was... I have no idea. I don't know if he has any kids. I really do like your pick, though, Chase, and I didn't know much about him. I mean, I saw the name. I was like, oh, it's Barry Bonds' dad. I knew that much, but I didn't – like, that's cool, him playing alongside Willie Mays and stuff like that. So Yeah, and, like, career-wise, I didn't realize he had that many home runs and stolen bases. I kind of just thought he was a average major league player, but when you really get into it and I find out they're the only two people that's ever done it, it's a pretty, it's a pretty insane thing. I use, like, the Jaws kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, that's what – yeah. They're using that, and I like he's like top 25 all time, right? Field, yep. like, he's not like any slouch, so 
Yeah, this is Jaws is actually how I outlined who I was gonna pick. Like I use that as like, okay, this is gonna be the aggregator of like names I go through. Oh, really? That's how I that's what I do too. <laughs> yeah, just I look it's at so the, much easier to combine everything. Yeah, because then you can go go down, like it's a never-ending number too. So you can just go down to like 150 and then go up from there or something. Yeah. And you can literally toggle everything and just yep. see where people end up. So my that's how he kept popping up. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, in a loaded right field section, it was yeah. he. His name still stuck out for yeah. different things, you know. Yeah, no, and some like I mean, greatest all time guys like Ruth Aaron, usual Clemente. So pretty stacked, and so right fielders we have Ichiro, we got Bobby Bonds, and we have Larry Walker. So those are our right fielders, and. Ben, I thought you were going to pick Roberto Clemente. I was thinking about it. That just seems like a you kind of player. Like I, the Kirby Puckett story. I thought the... you were going to pick Bobby Abreu. Oh, I yeah. almost did. <laughs> yeah, I he's, have Bobby. He's also Abreu, higher so... up there than you would think. He was. A, yeah. I did not expect to see his name. Also, was looking at Sammy, and my main three were were Larry Walker, Tony Gwynn, and Sammy Sosa. Of course, Sammy Sosa. But I knew team. I would just get hosed of if I picked course. Sammy Sosa. <laughs> like, yeah. I would have destroyed you for Sammy Sosa. At least you didn't pick Shoeless Joe yeah. Jackson. Could have picked him. Oh, yeah. No, but I don't know. I Bobby was on there. And uh, I was just surprised that he has so low Hall of Fame voting considering his stats. I yeah. mean, it's all went up. It, like, doubled in the last year. But still, it's only, like, 15%. Yeah, he's probably not going to get in at this point, but maybe like he, there's always like the committees like someday. But yeah, because he has really good numbers. Yeah, in all of those all timers, because yeah. he was a power speed. Like he did a lot of things. On that note, I guess it's time for shortstops, our final position of the entire series. We hope you guys have enjoyed this so far, and we really have, and we're excited to kind of bring bring this to an end and. Next week, we'll get discuss all of our uh, top nine starting 12s, I guess, basically. And yeah, I just I was so excited to have shortstop bring us home. And then I saw the list. I was disappointed. I know I talked yeah. about on this in the beginning of the show, but another but I, another over overrated Yankee. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not choose a Yankee. No, I was because we mentioned um, we all we kind of agreed Mariano Rivera was overrated. Oh, so overrated. And then yeah. I just look at shortstop and I look at Derek Jeter and I just think again he's overrated. But that's yeah, it. yeah, I actually realized he never won MVP. No, he was just he was on great teams. Like if he wasn't on a great great teams, I don't think he would be as revered as he is. Like he has everything but an MVP, and I was like, oh wow, that's kind of telling. I feel like real quick start, send to the minors, trade a Rod, Derek Jeter, Mariano Rivera. Start a rod. I of course you are obsessed with the steroids. <laughs> okay. Look at his numbers. Look at Aaron's numbers. He was good before the steroids. Yeah, I mean I'll you still pre- have to hit the ball. Pre-steroid a rod. Okay, who are you sending to the minors? I'm sending. I'm sending Mariano to the the minors, and then I'm trading away Jeter. Wow, we are the complete opposite. I'm starting Jeter. I know. No, I'm trading a rod, and I will also send Mariano to the minors. I'll yeah, trade Jeter uh, for like Derek Lee. Pretty solid. I don't. I don't think Jeter right. was that good. Maybe All I'm right. biased. Just, I'm a Mets fan. I don't know. I just don't think he was that good. And let's just, yeah. Let's just let's just get into the shortstops. Let's go. <laughs> I didn't pick Jeter. Just in case did you guys see there was a shortstop <laughs> listed with the name of Bill Russell? By the way, who yeah. played in the played in the same time frame that basketball legend <laughs> Bill Russell played in. I did see that, and it just reminded me of what happened to Addison Russell. Oh, what happened to Addison Russell? He just—he was just so. Remember, like he was just so good, and then he had some domestic. I think it was yeah, he beat issues. his girlfriend or something, and yeah, he's been he back since. Never got back. Yeah. All right, I'll lead us off because I probably went with one of the. I don't know. It was just too dull for me to not pick this guy, especially with me now living where I do and getting to see the O's play as much as I do. I went with the Iron Man himself. Cal Ripken Jr. The man of a thousand stances leads off, rips one, goodbye. Ripken homers in his final All Star game. Yeah, no, absolute legend and kind of basically helped carry the Orioles for his 
long 19-year career and help them be relevant in a division that's been dominated by the Yankees and Red Sox every other year, basically before and after for like 20 years. And rookie of the year, you know, 1983 World Series ring, just a two-time gold glover, but he was a nine-time All-Star and a two-time MVP. Hall of Fame, and he's actually six, Hall of Fame career, and he's actually six all-time in um, highest voting percentage to get in, which is pretty insane. And obviously what he's known for is breaking the unbreakable record. Saw LeBron break Kareem's record this year for most points all-time. We didn't know if we were, we were going to see that broken or not. And he broke Lou Gehrig's legendary record of most consistent games played in a row. And I know baseball isn't as injury prone as other sports, but you play 162 games a year. Like, it's so easy to take one game off. 2,131 straight games for Lou Gehrig. Not only did Cal Ripken break it, but he smashed it by about 500 games. Over 2,600 games played, and he actually sat out the final game of the 1998 season, which broke the record. I don't think he was injured. Never going to be touched. That's like one of the records I don't think will ever be touched. But no one thought in the modern era that would be that Lou Gehrig's would be broken. That's true. I just, I, I don't know. That's crazy. Yeah. It's that, it was over 17 straight years worth of games. <laughs> yeah, I don't, there's, no, there's no way that's going to get touched. Like it's just. And that's basically. Go ahead. Why did he sit out the last game of. Oh, no. Let's get stack out on that real quick. See if he can find something out because I don't. It, it wasn't it random. It was the last game of the season. I know. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. If, yeah, you wouldn't rest them at that point if you played that many straight games. Yeah, we'll get stack out on that. But it, yeah, it's just that's basically the only reason I picked him because that's insane. Twenty six hundred straight games. You're just going out there and playing shortstop and playing it at a Hall of Fame level. It seems like he just kind of told the manager he's going to end it and he just wants out of the lineup. I mean, I'm sure at the point it becomes like a hmm. – it probably got to a point where – I mean, like Almost at some unbearable. point – Yeah, and at some point it has to end, and maybe he'd rather have it end instead of like an injury or something taking him out from like overexerting himself or whatever. But, yeah, the backup guy must have been hype. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, right. But, yeah, career war, almost 96, over 400 home runs. He actually has the most homers of all time as a shortstop. Yeah, one of the coolest stats about him was mid-80s. Cal Ripken Sr. was actually the manager of some of those Orioles teams. And the one year they called up Cal Ripken Jr.'s brother, Billy Ripken. And Billy Ripken played second and Cal Ripken played short and their dad managed him. So that's the first time uh, that combo's ever happened. Billy Ripken has one of the most iconic baseball cards ever from 1987. It's just literally him with his bat and the barrel of the bat knob says F U. That's you go look it up. It's, it's one of the most iconic cards ever for one of the most and then, second baseman. Then ever. they tried to, then they made a rare one. They tried to like black it out when they realized what happened. But oh, uh, I see. Uh, so he kind of trolled them. Yeah. That's funny. awesome. Yeah, that is pretty crazy. But yep, that's my shortstop. Hall of Fame career, Orioles legend, and just one of my favorite stats. I love guys who play every day. I know injuries are unfortunate, and not everyone can avoid them as easily, but 2,600 games straight, Iron Man, Cal Ripken Jr. Sorry, the card says F face on it, not you. No. <laughs> I thought that would, changes it, but anyway. Did you just like write it with Sharpie? Or it's yeah, in the no, it's with a Sharpie oh. on there. <laughs> That's so. amazing. That's actually fucking awesome. Do you want to go, Chase? Yeah, I can go next. All so right. I actually also picked a uh, former Orioles shortstop. However, not a oh. Calrican. I went with well-known shortstop Miguel Tejada. Second, Ray Durham at first, one out in the bottom of the ninth. And Gardano deals. And it's a drive to left field deep. Oh my gosh, he was in my in my final three. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Damn. No, he was in my. I thought, final I thought three. there was an outside chance he would pick him. That's because crazy. We brought up Mikel Tejada a, a a number of times actually on the show. I can't even. Another steroid, guys. I didn't want Ryan to get salty at me. Yeah, that's probably. Um, he definitely 
I was well, actually both my players today both have on and off the field issues. And Mikhail Tejada definitely danced around the steroid thing for most of his career. He also possibly lied about his age and name. Yeah, I um, saw that when I was because I did a bunch of research. <laughs> yeah, so little sketchy cloud over Miguel Tejada, but you know, on the field, he was tremendously productive. Um, he was an MVP, a home run derby champ, all star MVP, six time all star, and two time slugger. So, everything aside, you still have to produce on the field to do this thing. So, um, you know, just purely picking on the field actions for this, I went with Miguel Tejada. His best season overall, and by the way, he played 162 games a few times in his career. He did it one, two, three, five times in his career, so not too bad considering he played 16 years overall in the yeah, league. That's impressive. Yeah, not not too bad. Um, his MVP season was this uh, when he was in Oakland. He played 162 games. He batted 267. And He's part of the Moneyball team too, right? Yeah, the Moneyball team. He had 34 home runs. They really busted down the door. That was 2002 Oakland, so that was prime Moneyball years. Jason yeah. Giambi. Um, Dad I think he, <laughs> yeah, I think he actually was MVP too. Oh, wait. Um, oh, Giambi? He was before. I think it was 2001 maybe. 2001 he was second. Giambi was second to Ichiro actually. Oh, yeah, duh. But he led the league in war. Like Jason Giambi, and he led yeah. in a lot of other categories. So you can make the case he should have. Yeah. So their infield was bombers that those few years. Um, but yeah, it was batting 308. Sorry, not 267. That was the year before. Um, his OPS plus that year was 128. Yeah. Not really a stolen base guy, I would say overall. He only had 85 in his career. So not much known for the wheels, but they did call him the bus because when people are on base, he was going to bring him home. So it was a pretty money nickname. And uh, one uh, trait for my my pick'em team was that I picked nicknames. So that definitely influenced my decision at shortstop. And like we are saying, it really wasn't loaded. It was hard to pass up Jimmy Rollins considering I'm a, a, a Phillies fan at heart. And, uh, you know, say what it is, maybe a Hall of Famer, may not be, but he definitely has a lot of moments in my life that have are precious moments to me against the Dodgers in the playoffs. He was really making spectacular plays, but decided against that and chose Miguel Tejada. Uh, like we said, a little bit sketchy, maybe did steroids, who knows. But overall, really solid career in the MLB. Definitely made a name for himself, and that's the pick. I like it. I like that, Chase. I really like it too, Chase. Yeah, I literally, he was in my top three. I'm salty that um, I didn't pick him, but... So final pick, my guy, um, he is my current favorite player in the MLB, so I went with him. And that guy is Mr. Francisco Lindor. One-nothing here, bottom four. And here's Francisco Lindor, first pitch. Lindor drives one, deep center field. Back goes Weimer to the wall, and it's out of here. Number 200 for Francisco Lindor. Oh my goodness! No, it's it's an okay pick. I think JT, so you're allowed one. Yeah, that's why I think it's my first active player actually. Wow. So nice. Um, he was drafted eighth overall in 2011. He's speaking of nicknames. His nickname is Mr. Smile because he's always smiling. Love that. So he's a four-time All-Star, two-time Gold Glove, two-time Silver Slugger, and then the one-time Platinum Glove winner. He's already got, so he's currently right now 29, going to be 30 soon, but he's already got over 40 war, um, which, you know, if he even has seven or eight more okay seasons. Um, and even with the Mets, like you don't think of, it feels like he hasn't done as well with the Mets, but like last year he was a top 10 MVP finisher. He hit 270, had over 25 home runs, over 100 RBIs, had 706 plate appearances. Like he's been, he's had over 700 plate appearances four times in his career in the nine seasons he's been in the league so he he's pretty like durable he's pretty reliable he all, he's always wants to play and be out there every day main reason i picked him is just because he like especially during the mets recent slump like especially he is always like right there like by his locker talking to the media like taking accountability for how he's played he's never shying away from an interview he's never shying away from like the hard questions he's always respectful and he's just, he's like a good all around guy. And he always just wants to be out there playing every day. And that's what I like him. Cause I mean, New York media could be hard and like they're pressing you when you guys are getting destroyed every night. Like there's not, not every guy would just be 
like willing to take it and he is so oh yeah I, philly gets a bad rap new york can get rough up there yeah. too so and especially that team yeah and especially like the recent way the team's playing he's taking it in stride so he's definitely my current favorite player and he's going to be in new york for a while even if like this year his average isn't there his gloves still been there um and he's top shortstop as far as that so yeah going with uh, francisco lindor to round it out I like it. I like it. Thought you were going to take Marco Scudero, but Oof, no, I don't like Marco Scudero. <laughs> Marco Scudero. Because he started with the Mets. Ugh. All right. Well, shortstop, we have Francisco Lindor. We got Mr. Miguel Tejada, and we got Cal Ripken to round out our nine. And uh, I guess I could just stop saying nine. It's 12. Thank you, we. I and can't we believe didn't, we didn't match on anything. Yeah, we didn't match on anything, and we didn't even talk about it in the beginning, but last week's winners, we had Mr. Shohei Otani as a DH. Not surprising. He absolutely destroyed the, the votes. Like, he got – he destroyed. He got, like, 75% of the votes. Um, and then Mike Schmidt getting the third base, so. Many. Yeah, I had the clean sweep last week, but I also think I chose the best. Like, we don't always choose the best players in every category. I'm just looking back at my lineup now. I don't know why I chose Coco Chris, but I I like it. (laughs) But last week, I took two absolute legends, current and former Philly legend. And um, I'm not surprised by those, but also I like the diversity. And maybe we'll get Chase and win this week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe i might get shut out of this whole this whole thing yeah but you also picked like unique guys that like i mean ben had a couple of those but you picked guys like i wouldn't even have thought of and like yeah. they should still be recognized like bobby yeah. bonds is a cool pick you almost also almost had del crandall in the very first one just lost yeah. the home run derby. i know that's true <laughs> i so, was there yeah so we'll just we'll see through. I'm excited yeah. to get all of our like our own teams together too, and we'll have to get that MLB the show yeah. thing going. Also. Yeah, I de- we definitely need to set them up as like a tournament and play each other. Yeah. Starting hitting up baseball conventions too, so we can build our all time teams with cards. Baseball as well. cards. Yeah. Someone's got to drop a Delahanty card in a dollar box. I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> you can get like a reprint Delahanty card that's not like super expensive if you really just want to get a card. Yeah, so as we end with that, we'll uh, just quickly touch on a couple MLB random notes. Um, I'm going to put you guys on the spot a little bit. We got the trade deadline coming around the corner. Give me one potential trade you guys want to see happen. Doesn't have to be with the Phillies, just a trade that could happen. I'll I'll give you one that I don't want to happen. I can give you one that I don't want to happen right now. The Angels better keep Shohei Otani. Why would they keep him? So they can make their second half run, make the playoffs, they're and not, make a difference. They're not going to re-sign him, though. The Angels manager's cheap. Or the Angels owner's cheap. They're not going to re There's no way they're so going to pay him. I don't think so. Okay, but from a I, – I want him to stay and go to the playoffs for Trout. I don't care about I, next year. But, like, if the if the Angels can get – okay, my, my trade that I was thinking of that makes sense to me is Otani to the Orioles. And the Orioles get give up – because they have pieces to give up. They give up like Kirsten 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 and like a couple other guys. And like the Angels would take that, I would think, if they did a decent prospect package because they want something. Chase, you were probably going to say trade him too, weren't you? Yeah, I was going to say trade Otani. I don't um, really care where, but I should not have gone first. No, the only reason why is like it would be cool to see him and Trout play together in the playoffs, but I just doubt the Angels. And after this offseason, they barely made any, like, I mean, they signed pieces, but they didn't, again, address pitching or middle relievers. And I just don't see how they can buy enough right now. So if they're just going to trade Otani, why have they never traded Trout? Well, they signed him to that contract, but I don't think they can afford to also sign Otani to a similar contract. Like, I just don't think they can do that. I also think Trout was, like, injured half the time, so they never could deal him. (laughs) It didn't really make sense to but I just don't. I think uh, Otani on the Orioles would be gnarly. It would be, yo, we would be should, insane. If he does, I'd be so hyped because I'm going to an Orioles game August 6th and then he might, he would be on the team. Anyway, oh, yeah. that's, that's not that why I would. It definitely makes sense because of how many pieces they have and they don't have enough room MLB wise and they have 
Jackson Holiday is running up their board. So, I mean, they're going to be deep middle and field-wise, too. They have so many options. And, like, I think the biggest thing for the Angels, too, is they might try to see if there's a team that can take off, like, Anthony Rendon's contract. And they might take less in return if a team's willing to do that. Because he's still got, like, four years, $120 million left. And he is not – that has not panned out the way I don't, think, I don't think anyone thought it would. And he does have a no-trade clause, but he might just, you know, if it's to a contender, he might do it. And he's he'd be back in a similar area as he was in Washington. Yeah. And Baltimore definitely has the space to do it. I mean, I don't, I don't even know what their current payroll is, but it's not a lot. But anyway, so, I mean, the other thing is the Angels now in the last two seasons combined, granted we're not that far into July, but they're 9-26 and 26 in July in the last two seasons combined up through yeah. this day. Dang. It's garbage. But just, uh, I mean, I, the, the smaller, it just seems like baseball's the worst with the smaller market teams. Like, they're just always sellers at the deadline. The Angels yeah. are never good, and I know a lot of it's their ownership and this, that, and the other thing. But the, at the end of the day, they have millions of dollars less than the Dodgers to spend in that city, just like the Clippers do with the Lakers in the NBA. But I feel like baseball is by far worse. The Rays are about the only team that can consistently win, but then their analytics catch up with them. But, I mean, I don't even like the Angels that much. I just was, like, rooting for them and him and Trout, but – I mean, you look at that where they're at, they're probably not going to get the division. And that the AL is so much so deep. Like, you literally have the AL East, which every team has a winning record. Like, I don't know what they're where they're at with the wild card, but they're they've got to be. Yeah, I don't know. yeah they're going to be back there. Also, I think the smaller market teams don't they get a revenue share from all the bigger market and luxury tax teams? Oh, uh, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Like Pittsburgh and Tan- – so there's kind of like no incentive to be better because you're still going to get extra money at the end of the year. Yeah. So they're only actually five games out of the wild card. So they're not, not bad. Not bad. It's just, you know, they got to they gotta make a decision, really. Do they want to just truck through it tonight? I also don't know Trout. He keeps getting injured. I don't know where he's at. Uh, yeah, I think he'll get traded, but it'll be interesting to see what uh, what happens. The real yeah. question is, Chase – can the Phillies please trade for a fifth starter? Just a serviceable, serviceable guy. I'm done with Strom. I'm done with Bailey Falter. And now I'm done with who's who's the new guy? Chris, Christopher Sanchez. Chris Chris pretty well. Ben, yeah. give me his numbers. Give me his numbers right now. They're trash. Probably like a, a below four ERA. Yeah, yeah, but they're always playing from behind. Does he even have a win as a starting pitcher? I'm going to say he's 0-3. He's 0-3. He's 0-3. I knew it. What's his ERA? 3.26. Uh, that's the bullpen. The bullpen kept him down. Um, I mean, he's been like, that's, you can't, uh, that's, I mean, it's, it's in limited starting, limited time. So that might go up, but that's not terrible, at least right now. I mean, they literally went, the Phillies went through the all-star break and then decided to go reverse rotation order to give Wheeler and Nola extra time, which was the dumbest thing ever. If you need that much rest, get a fifth guy, right? Yeah. A guy who I'm really interested in, and I don't think the price tag would be insanely high, is Marcus Stroman from the Cubs. I like that. I don't think that would be high. They would. Well, I would say compared to other guys who could be potentially moved, I don't think his would be – like, I don't – do you think the Cubs would command, like, a top – I mean, he's been like a platform. top five pitcher this year so far, though. That's a thing. I don't know. Yeah, I would. I don't actually don't know what their prospect rankings are, but I would give them two of the top ten prospects right now from the Phillies organization. I give them Griff McGarry and somebody else, and Derek Hall, and maybe another piece. Would you, like would, would you trade Rojas? Would you trade Rojas? I kind of like depends. Him. It depends on how much they would want him. If they would want him. If they, I would try not to move him. I would try other pieces first, but I think Hall is probably expendable at this point. One of the pitchers, I mean, I think a piece for you guys could be like someone probably wouldn't require a lot and could be a good fifth guy. He's having a little bit of a down year, but Giolito for the for the White Sox. Yeah, yeah, I would I would consider the White Sox too. There's definitely guys out there I'm interested in. I'm just wondering how much that's what they're going to cost in return. Like, I think if the Phillies end up parting with like two pieces, yeah. I'm okay with that. Like two prospects, but 
me and pass that and also it's completely random they might be in love with like your 12th ranked prospect for some reason like maybe he's 12th overall but they think he's like a top five in your organization so it's really random and i don't know how other people view the phillies top thing but i know that probably make bell and and painter he's having tommy john anyways they're probably off the board like i would say off the table and any sort of deal unless it's for i don't know a top five pitcher right now but i don't think it's gonna happen and i think i mean the mets um i won't talk about them too much but they probably should be selling but they're also probably not going to i mean if they do any buying they just they can't make the same mistake that they've done in the past and trade away top prospects so i mean recently obviously like Pico armstrong for Baez, like just don't do that (laughs) yeah so. Yeah, you guys are in an interesting spot. I feel like you could afford to sell off a little bit and get younger guys in there more time. I wouldn't mind if they traded like Scherzer. Before we're done, I just wanted to mention one more guy from the MLB because we talk a lot about some of the Japanese guys on here and guys coming in late. Oh, I'm in, I'm in. But Yoshida from the Red Sox, oh, yeah. literally tied for the league, the AL lead in batting average. And he can he has a chance to win the batting title in his first MLB season. Yeah, well, he would do like that's what Ichiro did. Yeah, he, like he got off to a little bit of a slow start. And I remember people were like, oh, but he's definitely lit it up since then. Yeah. And that was maybe a month, like what I was saying, a slow, like minimal. Yeah. No, he's been great. He's hitting, I think, 320 now. And that's right now tied for the lead in the AL. Yeah. This yeah. was not supposed to be, this was supposed to be a down year for the Red Sox. And they're like, yeah competing so yeah i mean they have an insane division too so he's not like he's going against the slouch teams like he's going against you know really solid pitchers is any of the five al east team sellers is anyone selling or are they all just going to ride it out maybe i, yeah. I want them all to ride it out by the way i want them all to yeah except for the uh, yeah i guess maybe the yankees or i guess maybe the red sox could be propositioned the right way I don't, Chris really, I don't know if they have anything that would be worth <laughs> Is Chris Sale movable? I don't know. Not probably for much. They probably. I would take him as a fifth starter, Chase. I would too. I just would worry that he would get hurt, and then you're paying him like like Boston would have to eat some money on that deal. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Like if he came in at like half of what he's making now, I I would live with it. Well, especially he's, still, he's currently injured, so. Oh, classic. All right, well, I'm out then. Yeah, I'm out too. <laughs> all, it, all the top story was just five hours ago. It says Chris Sale takes his next step in rehab process. So <laughs> What is he battling now? I don't know, dude. He is always – I mean, I used to hear – like, I used to think about Tim Lincecum and then Chris Sale and just those awkward-ass arm slots, and they lasted for longer than you thought. But there's just – those arm slots just eventually going to catch up. Chris yeah. Sale had some weird – injuries but anyway now from swinging a baseball bat we're gonna swing some tennis rackets and uh had a big big match this past weekend probably the biggest in years and Djokovic went down I'm super hype first off to all our listeners out there tennis is so underrated underrated yeah. so underrated everyone hypes up golf tennis is right there neck and neck and has four amazing Grand Slam tournaments throughout the year, different surfaces, different regions of the world, and you can play it at all ages. But yes, what Ben said, the all-time Grand Slam leader goes down to a 20-year-old kid in one of the most epic five-hour Wimbledon final showdowns you've ever seen, and I missed it. It was amazing. It was amazing. Alcaraz, to be in that position at his age, to succumb to the pressure of being across from Djokovic, who is arguably one of the greatest tennis players of all time, to do it where he's won for nine consecutive years, hasn't lost on that Wimbledon court since 2013 against Andy Murray in the finals. Absolutely absurd that he was able to take the, take the win. And that's, I mean, the future of tennis is bright. Yeah, and which, by the way, I am so glad that Alcaraz is stepping up for those you don't know, um, really young Spanish kid. This is his second Grand Slam title now. He won the U.S. Open last year in New York. Now he won hard court. Now he dominated on the grass court. He's the youngest ever number one at 19 years old when he won the U.S. Open last year. And obviously not just a one and done. And I'm so, so, so happy because Djokovic got lucky. 
He came in with Nadal and Federer at the end of their careers. Nadal's still playing. I don't know if Federer is officially retired yet or not, but they've been in and out of a lot of these tournaments. And he's just basically cleaned up on some of these besides the French Open, which everyone knows that Nadal has dominated since the beginning of time. But I'm so I'm so pumped for this. Carlos Alcaraz, he has a chance. I mean, we talk about I mean, you have your big three, right? Nadal, Federer and Djokovic, 23, 22 and 20 Grand Slams, respectively, I believe. But then you have the other stars of our generation, Stan Wawrinka, you know, Andy Murray. They only have three Grand Slams each. Alcaraz has two at age 20 and he's one on different surfaces and he does not get tired out there. He can run forever. We talked about him, I think it was like two years ago, didn't we? Before he even won the U.S. Open. I know, I'm salty. Ben picked him as his new favorite player when Stan Wawrinka was like shot. <laughs> and I'm like, of course, this is who he takes. I got Dang. his card and sold it before the U.S. Open last year. Probably a brick. Oh. Dang. But yeah, anyway, he just, I mean, the future of tennis right there and to do what he's doing at such a, you know, we talk about like basketball players, be as impressive as they are at a young age, him at 20 years old just crazy yeah. yeah and for those of you don't know this is like in more insane than march madness you're by yourself out there straight mental game and it's not 64 other tennis players it's 128 you have to win seven matches best of five and that finals was five hours long and they're playing like every other day it's got to be a little intimidating like to be that young and to like look up in the stands and just see like most like some of the most famous people in the world just watching you like because you like everyone comes out for the Wimbledon finals and it's just like like kings and celebrities just like insane and everyone was rooting for him too yeah no one no one wants to see Djokovic keep winning yeah he's a villain he's kind of a yeah asshole yeah he is yeah (laughs) he doesn't help himself yeah no amazing I'm excited to see what he does I'm gonna have to pick a new tennis player although Andy Murray almost beat Sissy Poss in the second round so Guy still got some juice left. He's got a little bit of juice left. One more, one more big win for him, and I think he'll retire. But nice. But also, while we're talking Wimbledon, I want to touch. I don't follow women's as much as men's, but Marketa von Trezova, Hopefully, I pronounced that right. The Czech Republic unranked player became the first unranked women woman to win Wimbledon ever. That's- Number forty-two <laughs> in the world. She won seven matches to take down her first ever title, and five of them were against seeded players. Just an absolute dominant underdog run that didn't end, and she ended up taking home the crowd. She was injured last year at the time of Wimbledon, came back this year, straight underdog story, and shout-out to Marketa Vontrazova. Could be my new favorite after Maria Sharapova did the roids. Um, mm. I stopped liking her, yeah. unlike Ben. Mm. I don't root for avoided players. So this could be a new fan favorite. Wimbledon's my favorite tennis event and two crazy stories this year. All right, guys. So as we're wrapping up this show, uh, just one more. We've got to guess that player for Ryan and Chase. And uh, this one's going to be a basketball one. So I hope you guys are ready for this. I came yeah. out of the womb ready. All right. Well, on that note, um, basketball player. Here we go. He is a current NBA player. He was a first-round pick in the 2012 NBA draft. He has played for the Blazers, the Heat, and the Bucks in his NBA career. Mm. His positions are center and power forward. He went to college at Illinois. Illinois. Oh, my gosh. Dang, how have we not gotten this yet? Yeah, I know. He's a career... 5.6 5.6 points per game. Can I get a jersey number? Jersey Jesus. number 11 for the Blazers, zero for the Heat, and three with the Bucks. Oh my god! <laughs> I don't even know that's helping. Give us. He's seven. He's a. Oh, he's a seven foot guy. How deep you want to go with these hands? What years did he play on the like current team or like what? His years la- he-, he last played 2022, 2023 for the Bucks. <laughs> he only played in nine games though. Oh, mm. his last two years he has not been very active. His previous years he's been in over fifty games most years. Oh yeah, I think I might like. Uh, I have a guess. Okay, I'll go with Greg Monroe. No, that was a solid guess. Oh, he's not. Um, 
Yeah, I'm actually just realizing I don't think my guy's seven foot either. I'm gonna say Myers Leonard. Yeah, that's correct. Oh, <laughs> that's correct. Oh, oh I, I love it. To Illinois. Myers Leonard. He basically died Myers around Leonard. COVID and then obviously the controversy, but yeah. He did play, he did play in nine games last year. Twelve. Yeah, the nine games is what got my brain going. I was like, oh wait, I remember he signed with a box like yeah. randomly. Yeah. I'm hype you got that. I was running out of uh, clues. He's like the fourth Plumley brother who's not a Plumley. I almost picked Cody Zeller, <laughs> but I didn't. Yeah. Yeah, Myers Leonard. Nice. So I'm glad you got that one, Chase. But I hope you guys enjoyed the uh, – Yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Another fun one tonight. Our uh, AFR picks. Don't forget to vote on our Instagram, AFR Show Pod. The voting is also on Spotify as well. And check us out on YouTube. We're going to be on YouTube. All these podcasts are going to be up on YouTube. So another way for you guys to watch and listen. And, uh, yeah, as we wrap it up, we're just going to keep – Keep grinding these out. Keep posting and let us know, you know, if you want us to talk about anything, you want to hear any questions, you want us to talk about anything crazy, we'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, like, subscribe, and we will see you guys soon. Later. Later.